like sports? Do you like beer? Do you love sports and beer? Then you're exactly where you need to be. This is the Huge Views and Brews Show on 1252 Sports Chicago. Cheers. How is everyone doing? It is a Bears victory Monday. That's right. Stop all of moaning and bitching about Justin Fields. We're going to talk about a Bears win. And then Michael come in and bitch and moan about Justin Fields. So, you know, we'll have a lot of it here. Uh, Fred Huebner with you. Hubes, Views, and Brews. We are live from the Whistle Sports Bar and Grill 159 studio here in beautiful downtown Lockport. And if you get a chance, new to their menu, Chicken and Waffles. Check it out at The Whistle over on 159th, just west of Harlem. Check it out over there in, uh, I want to say Tinley Park. And uh, so great, great place. All of our sponsors do a great job. Jonathan Darren took some of the guys to, a, to the Sox game the other day. Mike can talk about how much he loves uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. And uh, I have not watched the White Sox game since Tuesday. We'll talk about that also in our second segment. It is huge views and brews. We'll talk some beer in our final segment, but a lot of this is going to be Bears, and a lot of our Monday shows will be Bears talk. Next week, we're hoping to have the guys from Noon Whistle Brewery on, either on here in the studio with us or over um, on StreamYard, so we will see. But that's uh, next Monday the 3rd, and uh, next Sunday, we've got an event over at Salerno's and Hodgkin's, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more when Mike joins us here and uh, you can come on out and see us for the pregame, enjoy, win some prizes, win some Fosse football games, uh, all kinds of things going on uh, next week at Salernos on Sunday before the Bears take on the Giants and look to go to 3-1. and one. And see, the Giants will have one day less of um, recovery because they play tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. A couple of teams that you really have a hard time figuring out right now. The um, Giants off to a 2-0 uh, start. There are only two unbeaten teams in the NFL right now, the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Dolphins had quite a game yesterday. And um, I bet over 53 in that game. That didn't come in either. So nothing comes in for me lately. So we will talk much more about the other games. But I, because it is Hubes, Views, and Brews, um, this from September till October – very, very busy for me on the weekends because I head out to Oktoberfests. And Friday I went to one, Saturday I went to one, Sunday I could have, but I said, you know what, just watch football. And there's more coming up. We'll talk about those in the beer segment. But because of that, my beer to open up tonight for Hughes, Views, and Brews is an Oktoberfest from Tom over at Goldfinger Brewing. Now, Goldfinger Brewing over in Downers Grove, they specialize in lager. One of their logos and one of their um, mottos is drink more lagers. So this is a 6.1 alcohol by volume, Oktoberfest beer. Uh, it's He's aged it for six months, okay? It's been sitting there. The mayor of Downers Grove uh, cracked open the keg um, and tapped the keg. Then we all started drinking. That was a lot of fun. We had a great time over there on Saturday. I saw a couple of people, a couple of people that watched the shows. Uh, which is really, really cool. 
So I'm going to pour this one. And as I mentioned, some of the other shows, the Oktoberfest, a little bit of, it's a, a Marzen style beer and a little bit of a, ah, I guess you'd say caramely color. Very, very good. One guy that was in line with me to get in and they started at noon. We were there at 1130 because why not get there early, get the first pour of the beers. He said, this is the, one of the best beers he's had. And I liked it a lot. Okay. So let's try it again here out of the can. I had one out of the can the other day, but it was my fifth beer of the day. And I hard to judge uh, when you had your fifth beer. And again, I was responsible. My first beer of the day was at noon. My fifth beer of the day was at eight o'clock at night. You spread it out a little bit, you know. Um, very good. It's got the Marzen style. It tastes like a beer. For those people who um, don't like craft beer, Oktoberfest beers are perfect for you. A little bit different than the beer you usually taste. A little bit different than the beers uh, you usually get. But um, you want to check it out. As I, and I just remember I did have a beer on Sunday. So we'll talk about that beer too because it's really one of the more popular beers, not only where it's from, but around the world. It's one of the more popular beers. And I had that on Sunday. So we'll discuss that too. But we got to talk Bears because the Bears, the Chicago Bears are two and one. There are a lot of people in the media, the so-called experts, that said the Bears won't win more than three games. I'm pretty sure they're going to win more than three games, okay? Because otherwise, that would mean in the next 14 games, they're going to go one and 13. Don't think that'll happen. I think it did happen to a Bears team way back when, where they went one and 13. Um, but I don't think they're going to do that. They've got a decent running game, even though David Montgomery went down yesterday. Not sure what the status of Montgomery is. Looks like he could be out for a little while. Hopefully that's it. Khalil Herbert running the ball and ran the ball really damn well. And we'll talk about that. We bring in my guy, um, Fat Mike. You hear his show Wednesdays or Thursdays. Last Wednesday was supposed to be here, but the power was out. It was. The Craziness. power went out. Yeah. Craziness. And it, it's not like we didn't pay the bill. No. It was yeah. paid. Power was it's out. It's all the, the work building. next door. It's all the work next door. The guys next door, they clipped they clipped the line, and then everything was dark up here. The only thing that was on were the emergency lights in the hallway. Yeah, and that was not enough to do but a the show. The funny thing was everything downstairs was on. Oh, was it? So it Just must be up two here? different. Yeah. It must be two different two different lines. But anyways, we're back. Yeah. I still got a show in last Thursday. It was a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, we did. Talk, I, I really, really berated the White Sox. Well, rightfully so. For like a half an hour. It's supposed to be mostly Bears talk. And yeah. I just completely ripped apart the White Sox for about yeah. a good 45 minutes. It was a lot of fun. I'll get to them in just a little bit. But um, you were at the White Sox game yesterday. So you didn't get a chance to watch the Bears game. Because you went to the game with Jonathan Darren and some right. other people. And um, that, that was very, very nice. It was um, awesome. Again, thanks to JD for that, too. Yeah. John Darren and his team over there at Caldwell Baker Real Estate. They do this every year, Fred. They they do a customer appreciation day. So anybody who buys a house or even even sells a house for John, or even like if you're any what associated with John sure. at any level, sure, he invites you and your family out to a game, and they have a big tailgate party out there in Lot A. They get this big old bus where bathrooms are right there where you don't got to use the porta potties, grilling hot dogs like crazy. Excuse me, they got beer and coolers everywhere. They got a beer thing where it's all you do is just. You put your cup on it and it fills up. Oh, it's awesome! Those it's are awesome. Craziness! Those I've never greatest. seen it before yeah. in my life. Yeah. You put your you put your cup on it and it fills up. Yeah. Not in it, not over it, and it fills up it. perfectly. And if the perfect head Absolutely on the beer, it was perfect. delicious. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, just everybody down there. I mean, I, I ran into my buddy Steve Coons and Frank Cusera and their wives and their kids, and 
it was just a, a beautiful time. It was yeah. fantastic. I couldn't ask for a better time. It was it was great. And the White Sox did what they're supposed and, to do. And they the lost. White Sox do yeah. it every. You know what? Every time I go and see him, I'm on a perfect record right now. Every time the last. Five times I've seen the Sox, they have completely crapped the bed. Yeah, you and I went with my buddy uh, Larry and I. We bought a got a skybox, and um, Mike and Megan came with, and the White Sox got one hit. That was nice. Yeah, against the Orioles, another team that just came to town <laughs> and showed what hustling baseball is. Right. Again, I get ahead of myself. Well, I'll talk White Sox in the second segment. But the Bears win twenty three twenty. They get a last second field goal from Cairo Santos, his third of the game, and they end up winning the game beating a bad Houston Texans team, Lovey on the sideline with a big white beard, and um, Justin Fields, 8 for 17, 106 yards and an interception. They did not have him throw the ball a lot, but the Bears ran the ball. And boy, did they run the ball. They ran it a ton. They ran the ball 281 yards. That's the longest, that's the most yards the Bears have gotten in a game since 1984. Right. When they had Peyton and Suey and yeah, guys that's, like that's, that. that's a big game out of the ground game. And yeah. the offensive line looked great on the run. On the, on the run. On the run. I was going to bring that up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. Go ahead. No. I the mouse. Go ahead. No. The offensive line looked great on the run. It's easier. And I was watching the after show. And I didn't watch it as the game happened or after it. But I watched it on YouTube. You can watch that along with us. Because you go to 1252 Sports. You can find all of our shows on YouTube. But I watched the football after show from NBC Sports Chicago, and they were all talking about how, and Dave Wanstead, former coach in the league, former Bears coach, talked about how it's easy to teach young guys to run block, not as easy to teach them to, to pass block. And you look at it, last week, Justin Fields threw, what, 11 passes? He got sacked once. Right. Yesterday, he threw 17 passes, got sacked five times. Yep. So Alex Brown was bringing up the point, if you have him throw 25 or 30 passes, he'll get sacked 10 times. It'll be like the Cleveland debacle that Mike was at yep. uh, watching last year. So the Bears right now are doing the thing that, well, Herm Edwards thought, you know, he said this years ago, I guess it didn't work very well for him in Arizona State. There's, but, there's some, uh, we'll talk about that. Definitely. But he said, you play to win the game. Bears have played three games. They've won two. and as much as the bitching and moaning has been going on about Justin Fields, he's not the right guy. You got to give up on him. This is a new offense he's learning with new offensive linemen across the board, basically. Borum's playing the right side. They're still alternating between Lucas Patrick and Tevin Jenkins at the right guard. Um, Whitehair's the only guy that's still there. Mustafer's in the center. And then you have Braxton Jones on the left side, which we don't hear much about, but I'd have to go back and look at well, the All-22, which it, I think you may have. Right, but if, if you don't hear much about it, that means he's doing his job. Usually, yeah. It means you're doing your job. Braxton Jones, from what I've seen so far this year, has looked solid. Uh huh. He hasn't looked terrible. Right. And I'm a big advocate. I'm a. I'm a. You know this. I'm a big dude on offensive line play. Yeah. Because without without offensive line, Fred, you don't score points. No. Not Plain at all. Simple. You just don't. Uh huh. And from I mean, listen. Yesterday, the offensive line giving up five sacks and 18 dropbacks from Justin Fields. That's not good enough offensive line play. It's not. And it's given up five sacks, but he also ran his way out of a couple sacks. Right. But, but that's also due in part to his deficiencies as well. Yeah. All right. Justin Fields, what I've noticed the last three weeks, even in the, the monsoon torrential downpour game against San Fran, the game against the Green Bay Packers where he was sacked, and then yesterday, he holds the ball too long. Yes, he does. He truly does. Yep. I mean, you – it's 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 aggravating to watch, and I understand it's it's growing, it's growing pains and all that other stuff. But I mean, come on, 
I mean, like the one thing I got, the one thing that was brought up today that I started laughing and I, I actually thought about it afterwards. What is this coaching staff coaching towards? Is it coaching towards the developing of Justin Fields, the development of Justin Fields, or is it coaching towards wins? It's coaching towards wins. I mean, that that's a big thing. For, and that, I thought about that after. I was like, ooh, okay. So now you've been you've you've watched a lot more football than I have. What do you think? It's wins. Well, yeah, it's coaching towards wins. And Matty Ibraflew said it, I think, earlier today that they're coaching to win games. And that's what every guy in the NFL does. Now, I've heard so many people on both the score and on ESPN today talk about how the only thing this season should be for is developing Justin Fields. Well, how are we going to tell the other 52 guys on the team that we don't really care about you guys? It's the quarterback we got to make sure we develop. You can win with a team, develop a winning team, and then you know what? If Justin Fields isn't the guy, go get another quarterback. Okay. And but right now they're Matt Everflues. Ryan Poles, they're coming in, they're trying to win. It's year one. You can't go the whole season just trying to develop your quarterback. You can develop your quarterback while you're playing games, while you're developing everybody else. And I think that's what they're trying to do right now. And they run the ball. You know why? Because they can. They can run the ball. I'm Efficiently. It, it sucked seeing David Montgomery go down. But every anytime Khalil Herbert has come in, not only when Montgomery's down, but anytime he's in the game, he runs well. And this kid Ebner, who really have returning kickoffs, also is a, a little guy from out of Baylor, a guy that can run the ball. And I'm eager to see how these two guys do without David Montgomery next week and when they play the Giants. Right. So we got a we got a quick comment from uh, Bear Fan Bob here from the chat. Uh, let's see if I can click on it here. Bear Fan Bob here says, "Hey Fred, Bear Fan Bob here. I was at the game yesterday. Fields is a deer in headlights on the field. Mooney drops too many." Mooney drops too many commit, no help at all. Who's for just plain sucks? Didn't pass the sideline. Didn't pass the sideline. Okay. Yeah, well, you know what? And Mustafa has had a problem. And um, he's looked rough. He's looked very bad. Looked he has not blocked well. And I liked him. I'm a big fan because of the way he because of the way he handles it when his quarterback runs. And anybody, anybody that gets tackled, Mustafa's the first guy to be there to pick him up. That to me, that means a lot. I know it's a silly little thing, but you want your guys, your offensive line, to help protect your other players. Well, shouldn't he be picking up since he's the one that let him on his ass? Yeah, I yeah, mean, I know. And but so, Mustafer is not a guy that's played as well as I want. I, I thought Lucas Patrick was going to get some snaps this week, maybe next week. That's going to be the question that happens every day up at Hallis Hall from Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Who's going to be the guy that snaps the ball? And Justin Fields actually came out and said he likes he likes Sam Muster for under center. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're going to keep him there. We'll see what happens. And Mustafer can then be a swing guy. He can play guard. He can play right. in the other spots. But I'm eager to see what happens there. Um, Cole Komet did catch two balls. Ugh. Now, I haven't heard anybody say it, but the first interception that um, Justin Fields threw, I wasn't sure if – if Komet was supposed to cut straight across or go on the angle, he did. And if he cut straight across, he'd have a better chance of catching that ball. Right. We don't know what the play was called. We don't know. They're not going to come out and say it usually. That They're not going to call out uh, Komet. But they know as a team, as an organization. And I used to get so aggravated when I worked at ESPN because people would rip Jay Cutler, whatever. And Cutler would talk to the receiver on the sideline. You could see the receiver made the wrong move. Cole Komet, was this his third year now? Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. 
it's his third year, they should be on the same page. So hope maybe Fields just threw the ball poorly. He threw enough balls poorly, okay? He missed Mooney on a couple times. He missed Komet on that one. But he did hit Komet for a couple. Mooney did have a couple of catches. He finds Pringle. Um, Equinemius um, St. Brown, they had a, a nice play with him. They ran a jet sweep with yeah, him, like a which, pickup which is great pickup, yeah. early in the game, which is great because that's what the Rams do. That's what the Niners do. That's what all these teams do. So we're starting to see a little bit of that kind of offense. Right. So we're not seeing the ball through the air, but we're seeing some other things that maybe keeps the defense a little bit on guard when the Bears take the field. It's a long process. You don't just develop your team and all of a sudden you become a winning team and go to the playoffs. Nobody expects this team to go to the playoffs. Nobody does. Maybe Eberflus is trying to tell these guys that. But they're 2-1. and one. Mike was just going over the schedule. Their next three games, they have the Giants in New York, right? Yep. Then they play the Minnesota Vikings in, in Minnesota. Minnesota. And then they play the Commanders on a Thursday night, short rest, at Soldier Field. It's going to be a tough three games. They could win. They should win two of those games. But they could lose all three of they those They could games. lose all three. Those, and, all three of those teams. I mean, granted, right now, all three of those teams are playing crazy football. And like like I said right yesterday, I'm done betting on football this year. All right. Well, we'll talk right, about I've that. I've lost my ass all week. You, you have. You I haven't won a bet since I won four hundred four dollars <laughs> betting baseball. You have. You have. You have the Washington, the Washington football team or whatever the hell they're called nowadays. Beat Jacksonville and Jacksonville go out and whips the beats the pants and breaks off of the San Diego Chargers yesterday. You said San Diego too. That's okay. Mike Tarico said I it did. twice today. I, I, it's it, it's their name on PTI. He said it twice today and nobody corrected him. Yeah. But yeah, and I correct you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, and and the Chargers. There's no reason that Herbert should be playing a quarterback. You're paying Chase Daniel money. Chase Daniel's made more money than God. Yeah, and he should be in there right yes. now. Let Herbert recover a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Eckler's not running the ball well. They have good receivers, but Keenan Allen was out. Um, Started the Mike, game, but went out. Yeah, Mike Williams is a heck of a receiver. They got some other guys out there. But, uh, yeah, the NFL is really tough to figure out. But I got some other notes. I got some Bears stuff, too. Roquan right. Smith stepped up. Awesome. Okay? Yes, After the first couple games and all the fans, I would go on Twitter, and every fan said, congrats to Ryan Poles. The first good move he made was not signing uh, Roquan Smith to the big contract. Roquan Smith must have read some of those because yeah. he came out and played well. 16 tackles. 16 the tackles. The interception he got at the end, the ball was tipped. If you just watched it right at the beginning, you might not have seen the tip, but you saw the tip on the replay. That was Blackson. Angelo Blackson's a guy in the, in the, in the middle of that line that does a hell of a job. Yep. You also had this kid, Dominique Robinson, who's got two and a half sacks. He leads the team. Where's Robert Quinn? Robert Quinn has now regressed to what we saw two years ago when he came to the Bears. We have not seen the Robert Quinn from last year yet. He's not stepped up. And I, I was listening to Alex Brown and Lance Briggs on the after show. They brought up a great, great point. They said the D-line's not getting there. They had what? Well, they have one. I think they had one sack yesterday. And that was, yeah, because yeah, Dominique Robinson shared it with uh, Jones, I want to say. But they're not winning their one-on-one -on -one battles. Quinn's not being double teamed. He's not getting to the quarterback. That's got to change defensively. Yes. They still don't tackle well. Damian Pierce... <laughs> Damian Pierce, 20 carries for 80 yards. That's a four-yard average. That's way too much. Um, defensively, they also – I was going crazy because Kendall Vildor kept getting beat. And then what's he do at the goal line? He tips the ball and Eddie Jackson intercepts it. 
That's two picks now for EJX. Yes. And Jackson had not that this one, you and I could have intercepted this ball because what happened <laughs> Man, was right his hands. Kendall Vildor got there, knocked the ball away at the goal line, went up in the air. Ball goes right into Eddie Jackson's hands. You know what, though? Jackson's played well. I actually saw him use his arms on a tackle. No. But I also saw him try to poke the ball out, and the guy gained an extra five yards. Right. You've got to make the tackle and then go in with the hands on the second, you know, reach in or whatever. And um, I, I was going to say reach around, but that probably wouldn't be the right thing to say. Um, so anyway, but the, <laughs> for the most part, the defense is playing better. Morrow played a good game. Um Jalen Johnson wasn't there. We didn't hear much about this all week long. Game starts, Jalen Johnson not at cornerback. And that made it difficult for the Bears. So they have a young secondary, and we'll have to see how they play throughout the thing. But everybody was talking about Justin Fields today. And that's what all anybody ever talks about, the quarterback. You win because of the QB and you lose because of the QB. Is what most people well, the think. QB the QB had the QB is the is the leader of the team. Right. We all know that. That's the most important position on the team, what everybody thinks. And from my opinion, Justin Fields, okay, you you can have the excuse in the 49ers game where it was torrential downpour yep. all day here in Chicago. That but he Sunday. did score a couple touchdowns. He, he did. He, was, he looked yeah. fine. They looked, they, looked, they looked okay in the second half there. You can give the excuse for Green Bay where Green Bay is just better than the Bears. Uh-huh. All right. They're, they just are. Yeah. They've been that way for the last 25 years. But against the Houston Texans, a lackluster defense, a lackluster team, no big names. I can't even name anybody on that no, defense. No, I can't name it. I can name Davis Mills and and the one wide receiver that they have. And even then, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't figure it out. Brandon Cooks. Yes. All right. Justin Fields has to go out there and perform in that game. We are still as Bear fans sitting here waiting for just a, a glimmer of breakout. And that's a big thing. Right. Now, when you go out there and go eight for 17 – for 106 yards against a, a terrible Texas yeah. uh, uh, Houston Texans team, it doesn't sit pretty with me. It doesn't sit comfortably with me. It gives me a nauseous stomach. Did it make you feel better or worse that after the game, Justin Fields came out and said, I played like trash? Yeah. As long as he knows it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has, I to, he I mean, he has to admit to it. Yeah. I mean, go out there and be like, hey, listen, guys, I was really off today. But you can't be off. Right. Especially against a team like that. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Any given Sunday. I mean, I, yesterday was the prime example of that with of the football schedule. Sure. Any given Sunday. I get it. Things can happen. But yeah. you, we have been waiting as fans now for a year and a half just for something for you to go over 200 yards. Do you remember what uh, people were saying when Jay Cutler was here? I can't remember the number of years Cutler was here, but I think he had six different offensive coordinators. He had, he had seven different offensive coordinators in nine years. Okay. That was ridiculous. Now Justin Fields is learning a new offense with the guys that come in this uh, that's year. That's a good point. Okay. That's a good point. So you got to give him an opportunity. You don't have to. You can rant and rave and say he sucks and whatever. But I think you should give the guy an opportunity. He does have an arm. It, he completed 70% of his passes at Ohio State. I know they have better offensive line than the Bears have. I know they have better receivers than the Bears have. But you know what? He is known, he's, he's able to throw the ball complete passes. He's got that. He has that in him. And I think he just has to get to that point and become a better quarterback. Look, Mitch Trubisky, Mike North, I love you. Mitch Trubisky is a guy that Mike has stood behind forever. Okay. I don't know how much longer Mike Tomlin's going to stand behind him, but um, he's a guy that didn't have great numbers at NC State. Okay. 
But you look at Justin Fields and he did. A lot of people thought Justin Fields was better than Trevor Lawrence coming out. They right. thought he was the number one QB. Right. He could have got picked uh, with the number one pick. He didn't. But I think Justin Fields has that in him. And I love the ability to run. That's something Trevor yeah. Lawrence doesn't have. Okay, right. Trevor Lawrence can't run like Justin Fields can. Fields did get stuck in the pocket one time, went to the right, spun to the left, gained 20 yards, and got a first well, down. And speaking of that specific play, because I have that play in my mind re-watching that game this morning. I got an answer for what you're going to say. Uh, again, <laughs> held the ball way too long. He had perfect pocket presence in the quarterback, had great yeah. poise in the pocket yeah. there, and looked like a, a professional quarterback there for a second. Right. But then again, like we, we we were talking about ten minutes ago here, held the ball for too long, yep. and now has to run for his life because the protection is breaking down. That's on Justin Fields. It is, and I get it. I agree. I get. I get that he has no help around him at the wide receiving core. Yeah. All right, Darnell Mooney. Um, at one point I thought he was going to be that. You know, I won't repeat what ooh. you said. I, no, I, I'll say it. I'll, I'm enough <laughs> to eat it. I'm enough to eat it. I thought this guy had the potential to be somebody like a Tyree Kill. Yeah. A poor man's Tyree Kill. Turns out I'm in the wrong and I'm eating crow on well, it. Well, think about it. Byron Pringle went out early in the first right. quarter. After he made one catch, he went out early. Um, you you do have Equinemia St. Brown, and I, I actually like him. I like I his brother too. better. Yeah. But I too. like him. Um, and you do have a couple of receivers. They have this other kid, Marisette. Dave, well, I yeah. don't even know what his Who name is. Knows, right? But but he has not seen any time. But every, they think he's got something there, and he's on the active roster. So maybe he's a guy. The thing. We, we, got a, we got a handful of garbage people. Yeah, like, seriously, it's 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 literally like the tryouts for the Eagles yeah. again. You know, way back when Mark Wahlberg made the team in Invincible. <laughs> we got we got a couple of people commenting. But before we get to them, we're going we're gonna to hear from our sponsors. Right, okay. Let's hear from some of it. our sponsors. We come back. Mark, we'll get right to you, buddy. Yeah, we'll hear from what, what uh, Mark Miller, our buddy, says and some other things. We got more to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Bears, talk about how weird the week was in the National Football League. And also, then I'll get into White Sox baseball. We still got some more beer to talk about. I'm drinking the Goldfinger. I, got, I, got tons more beers. I know you do. And I'm going to let you get to some of them. More beers. I'm going to let you get to some of them. <laughs> we come back after this on Hubes, Views, and Brews. Hello. This is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, 
we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. Hey, this is your girl Ruby from Habana Cigars in Homer Glen, Illinois. We are the best cigar lounge around. From Davidoff exclusives to anything Placencia's, from rare Opus X's, and everything in between. We literally have it all. And if it's not here, we'll get it for you. Here at Habana Cigar Lounge, we host amazing and exceptional events on the last Thursday of every month. That includes free food, raffles, prizes, and giveaways. We're open from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Thursday. Friday and Saturday, 9 to 11, and on Sunday, 10 to 10 p.m. Again, we are located at 133 West 143rd in Homer Glen, Illinois, so drop by and give us a call today, 708-590-6473. Habano Cigars, Homer Glen. It's a vibe. Welcome back. We are live here at Hubes Views and Bruce. We're live if you're watching us live. There's yeah. some people watching us live right now. We appreciate it. We're here on Mondays. The Bears have a Monday game coming up in about a month. We won't be here on that day. We'll probably be here the next day or whatever it is. We'll figure it all out. But um, Hubes Views and Bruce, we're live from the Whistle Sports Bar and Grill, 159. Um, we're at their studio right here in beautiful downtown Lockport, just a block and a half away from Nick and Ivy. We can leave here and walk right to Nick and Ivy and have That's a awesome. few beers. Awesome. And they had the Fat Mike. And they, the Hubner. They have the Hubner in Those cans. Those stickers right down there. That's right. In cans right there. And uh, it's wonderful. Mike, uh, Linda was upset. They they were all out of 1853. Oh, no. So, But it, there's going to be a new batch coming up Damn soon. For those people who love the 1853 and uh, cannot wait to get back to Nick and Ivy. So one other question I wanted to come up with for you. Okay. And then you got a bunch of other stats you want to get to. Are the Bears ruining another quarterback, or <laughs> is Fields not an NFL quarterback? It's kind of almost the same question I wanted to ask you. Okay. Um, uh, are the Bears ruining Justin Fields? Because a lot of people say that you can't figure out – Boomer Esiason said it yesterday at halftime. You can't figure out what Justin Fields is. If you don't allow him to throw the ball, well, you also can't figure it out. You also can't figure out what Justin Fields is without the without the horses around him. That's right. Uh, you're not giving him anything to to go with. Yeah. I mean, your best wide receiver right now is a third wide receiver. Yeah. In Darnell Mooney, the way I'm looking at it now, a guy that I had high, high, high potential for, all right, has caught what four passes on the year, and I haven't watched. Cole Komet has. Cinder block hands, but maybe maybe they're double teaming Mooney because they know nobody else can catch. What about Komet? What about a dump pass? What about this? What about that? I like St. Brown. I like Pringle. Hopefully, right. Pringle's going to be able to play next week. It's I don't know if there's so much. I'm more along the lines that they're ruining him than he's not an NFL quarterback. Okay, I'm more on that side. But I tell you what, what I've seen so far, and I know things can be taught. We've seen it. Just we've seen quarterbacks stink. And go to a new team and go and 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 
Become great. Become yeah. great. Yeah. Okay, we've seen that happen before. Sure. Um, and we've seen great quarterbacks go to different <coughs> systems and completely stink. Nick Foles. Nick Dante Culpepper. Yes. All right, well, look how great he was up there in Minnesota. Goes to Miami, shits the bed. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those type of things. Yep. The thing that's bothering me right now with this with this team is that we see the guys. And now, now, Trevor Lawrence is a bad comparison, in my opinion, right now. Okay. Yes, same draft class. I get it, yada, 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 whatever you guys want to talk about. Same draft class. But do you guys understand what Jacksonville did to that team in this offseason to help Trevor Lawrence? They go out and get Christian Kirk. They yep. go out and grab um, Marvin Jones Jr. They beefed up the offensive line, drafted NT in. They, they, got, they got some horses down there now to help him succeed. Yeah, James Robinson running back, and you also have Doug Peterson, your coach. Right. So you are you you significantly changed the 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 oomph of that team big time to lean more towards Trevor Lawrence's strengths. The Bears drafted a bunch of fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round offensive linemen. But the one thing, and I know everybody Bears fans know this, and we'll talk about Mark Miller's comment too. Yes. When we come back in you know it's just a second. But the other thing is Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. Justin Fields is not their quarterback. He's their quarterback because they are the general manager and the head coach, but they did not draft him. Right. Okay. So their job right now this year is to see how he works with the offense that they're going to play. And I have no problem with them trying to win games. Again, like I said earlier, so many people say this season should only be, and I know I saw, um, some of the writers in the papers today, Rick Morrissey, who I really like, great I like guy. Rick. Rick's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And he mentioned how this season should only be for establishing if Fields can play or not. You can't tell that to the other 52 guys. Okay. You got a 53 man roster. You've got to try to win games. I think Eberflus and Ryan Poles are trying to win games and develop a quarterback at the same time. I'm not sure how hard that is, how difficult it is, but I think we're seeing it. On a week by week basis. Well, yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. And the question, almost that I had for you, talking about whether are are it, are the Bears ruining Justin Fields or is Justin Fields just not an NFL ready quarterback? The question that I have for you is, when does a rookie, even though he was a rookie last year, yeah, okay, but I mean, come on, you can't really judge him on that. Not last on that. Year. Not on I'm that taking it that this is his rookie year, pretty much, right. in my opinion. But when does a rookie or a player become a professional? When does that player take that step? When does that person, that guy in the NFL, it doesn't matter what sport, right? But when does that player take the next step, and how is it noticeable? There's always there's that one breakout game. There's that one that's game what we're waiting. I know for. we're waiting for that. We're waiting for that game where he hits the receivers um, when he's supposed to. We're waiting for that game where he escapes the pocket because he knows it's coming, not because he sees it, but because he feels it. And I think those are what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the times where he knows Cole Komet's going to be a certain place. And guess what? Cole Komet's there. I'm looking at your pages as Cole Komet blows. He's not playing well. <laughs> he may blow right now, but he did, make, he did make two catches. I can't and, stand uh, him. It's funny because when the draft happened a couple of years ago, I'm in Nick and Ivy with Mike. We're watching the draft. Uh -huh. And when the Bears take Justin Fields with the 11th pick overall, yep. Mike just goes off. I this sucks. This is awful. What? They got no offensive line. How yes. do you take a guy like Justin Fields? Everything he said is happening. Okay? Yes. Everything he said is happening right now. <laughs> so if you were listening I'm to like Mike I'm like a Nostradamus of football, people. Yeah. If you were listening to Mike back then, everything he said then is happening now. Right. Because they're still working on the offensive line. It's still a work in progress. Um, 
they still don't have the receivers they need to run a decent. Uh, it would be they okay don't have enough you, tight ends. It would be okay if you didn't have the wide receivers, but you still had the the, the horses, the meat in front of you, right, to advance the ball and score points. This is this is an NFL where offensive wins, yeah. offense wins. This is a six dead. I've been trying to save this for until a little bit later. The NFC North, not even the NFC North, but the the entire NFL. In the NFC North alone, points for us, the Vikings, 58. The Packers, 48, surprisingly. The Bears, 52, have scored four more points than the Packers this year. Okay. That's amazing. It is. The Detroit Lions, 95 points. 95 points. The Bears are going to lose twice to the Lions. Yes. That team the puts Lions up points. Are, the Lions that are team a fun team points. to watch. Now, points against, mind you. Vikings, 55. Packers, 45. Bears, 57. Pack, uh, the, the, the Lions, Lions, 93 points they've given up. Uh, I guess so. Aaron Glenn's going to work in that defense. They need, they need some defense. Now, throughout the entire throughout the entire NFL, guys, this is huge. There is only one team that has outscored the Detroit Lions. Fred, do you know who it is? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. No, I don't Baltimore know Ravens. Oh, okay. The highest-powered offense in football has 99 points. Well, he had five year. more touchdowns through yesterday, three games, right? Through three games. Yeah. And then the Cardinals are the worst defense behind – the Lions have given up 87 points. Yeah. So I mean, listen, I get that football works both ways. I understand that's an off. There's as much as Yurko and Carm say there's no three sides of the game. There is three sides of the game. We seen that last night as the Dolphins punter punted that ball right into that dude's ass. All right, but there are and three. Scott Hansen, Scott Hansen, and I watched the red zone. Scott Hansen actually thought that the punter kicked it straight up in the air. Now, Scott, I'm watching the same thing you're watching. You're straight up his ass. You can you can clearly see it hit the guy in the butt. And he said it three times. And I go, I'm sitting there on my couch going, and Linda says, why are you getting so upset? I go, because this guy's wrong. That's why I'm getting upset. That's what happens when you watch TV with some guy that thinks he knows what he's doing, which is me. But yeah. anyway. But yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. The Bears need the help. They need help. And like I said, like you said a couple years back at, yeah. the, at the draft, I'm sitting there screaming. I have been screaming this for the better half of a decade. Yeah. Where how can you score points if you don't have the, the guys in front of you? You gotta have those guys. Yeah. Okay. Let's make Let's sure get we get the marks. Mark. My sister Colette said, Can this be streamed? It's on, on the Facebook. It's on Facebook, Colette. You should be able to see it on my Facebook yeah. page. It's there. Yeah. So anyway. Mark says play calling is still marginal at best. Why don't they utilize the tight end? Because we don't have one. Last year we had 13 of them. The one, the two that we kept this year can't catch a ball, Mark. I love Jesse James. In, he's, in I don't know where he's with, at. In conjunction with the wide receivers, stretch the field. Stretch the field out with oh, with the wide out, then toss one 10, 15, 20 yards like they did when Emery Moorhead was a beast. He was a Your beast. Your thoughts too. on this. He was a beast, too. Listen, you can't, you can't stretch the defense until you throw some of those. Early in the game, when the Bears were really good, 83, 84, 85, Wooly Galt was there. Wooly Galt did not have great hands. No, but yeah, you know what they did? Speed. You know what they did? They threw to Wooly Galt, and it opened up the defense, opened up the secondary. They were able to throw to Dennis McKinnon inside and Emory Moorhead and all these other guys. Wooly Galt was there for the long pass every once in a while. Once in a while, he'd catch it. I was never the big Wooly Galt fan. He was a track guy at Tennessee, I think, and um, and he wasn't the best receiver. But he could catch the ball sometimes when he outran everybody. But you can't just throw it if they don't have a chance to throw them to anybody. They've got to, it would be nice to have them go deep. I know today on the way here, I'm listening to the end of the Waddle and Sylvie show, and I'm listening to Black and Abdallah, and they're talking about the Bears and about their offense 
and about how they do certain don't do certain things. And, but they do have to spread the ball around. They have to. Yeah. They. You've got to try to make completions to people like a Darnell Mooney. You got to hit him early so that they do feel like, listen, we got to worry about this. We got to worry about him. We got to worry about Pringle. We got to worry about St. Brown. We got to worry about, you know, Komet and all those things. And what you're saying is you can't be one dimensional. You can't. And they have been. They have been. And, and they're going to be. And once you run for 281 yards, okay, the most you've run for since 84 is an organization, they're going to run the ball again next week. And we'll see if they can run it against the Giants in New York next Sunday. And don't forget, next, next Sunday, Sunday, I'll let you do all this because next Sunday at 1030, we we'll are, be busy. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Make sure you guys get your butts on down to Fasano's out in the Hodgkins. As Fred Salerno's. I, 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 sorry, <laughs> Salerno's. I keep on messing that up. Salerno's, Salerno's. All those Italians. Yeah, that was oh, with the other Fasano's, end. Sopranos, yeah. Salerno's. I'm, miss, I'm mixing them all up. But, yeah, no, we're at Salerno's in, down, in Hodgkins at 63rd in the Grange. Awesome place, huge sports bar. They got the whole thing going on there. It's great. They got the Bears drum line coming on out. They got the the tumblers coming on out. They got Staley the Bear, so it is a kid friendly event. Bring your kids on down, get a picture with Staley the Bear. Hang out with Fred and I doing a pre and possibly a post game doing our thing. Depends yeah, the OTB's there, so if there's some good racing somewhere. You would check you check that out too. Right, it's, it's a wonderful time. Bunch of great specials they have going on, and they have they have they have the best pizza. They the best there. pizza in the world. I grew up in Cicero eating Salerno's pizza from 16th Street and the one in Hodgkins, the Salerno's in Hodgkins is so close to what I grew up eating at 16th. It's great, great pizza. Come on out. And they have all, they have great food. Their outside is perfect. The patio there. I think it's supposed to be great weather for football. Sit outside on the patio. It'll be wonderful to watch the game. We don't even know where we're doing the show yet. No. It's going to be there. We'll but stick around. It's beautiful outside. And we're, we're going to stick outside. around and watch the game the whole game. And we'll have a great time at Salerno's. That's coming up on Sunday, October 2nd. So get on out there. We'll 10.30 great, in the great morning. Time. Get your butts there. We're we'll gonna, be there. We'll be reminding you guys all week about it, too. Putting it up on the 12 to 2 page. Who says like you can't drink beer at 10.30 on a Sunday? Right. Not Shit. us. Come on. We don't me. say that. I start drinking at 9.30 on if, Sundays. Yeah, definitely. Okay, that's enough bear talk. And I do want to mention a tremendous thing happened today in the National Football League. Yes. They announced that the Pro Bowl is no longer. They are not going to play a Pro Bowl football game anymore. They are going to play a flag football game after they do a weekend full of skills competition. Right. Which is interesting because I guess the season's over. Or for the most part. Yeah. But you're, you know, I'd love to see Tyree kill. I'd like to see a four-guy race. With Tyree Kill and a couple other guys, yeah, we've seen some of that before. If you see it on certain Tyree Kill, let's get uh, let's get who's the quarter who's the quarterback from the Ravens? Oh, Lamar Jackson. Let's get him in there, yeah, Jackson. The four race. Let's get uh, let's get the guy up there and now uh, that really fast running back. Where that kid up in Detroit, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, let's get him in there. That'd be yeah, a good, be yeah. Good race. they'll they'll be they'll find some great stuff to do. They'll have catching. They'll have throwing from. You know, quarterbacks. So uh, with our luck, Justin Fields will win the quarterback right. accuracy or something. Everybody, like that. did you see the Pro Bowl? Yeah, Justin Fields, the top of the line quarterback. He made it through five of the seven rings. I'll be interested to see how they do the football, how they do the flag football game. Um, but yeah, th- that's well, it gives you potential for celebrities as well. It does. playing in the flag football game. It does. It's going to be like the NBA All Star game where you have like the Justin Bieber lining up against Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart yeah. against Darius Slate. Yeah. You know, like, what is this? This isn't. Now, Mike had mentioned earlier, he sent a message on Facebook and or Twitter saying how he stopped betting on the NFL. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Here's some of the games yesterday. 
The Colts beat Kansas City. What? 20 to 17. Miami over Buffalo, 21-19. That one's stomachable. I had over 53. Okay. That's nah, not enough. Jacksonville over the Chargers, 38-10. to 10. That was an ass-whipping. It sure was an ass-whipping. The Rams over Arizona, 20-12. to 12. The Rams Division are not scoring points. <coughs> Arizona's not scoring points. It's a bad game. Speaking of bad games, my 49ers. Oof. Yeah. Jimmy G's there. I have a guy that has listened to me since uh, I was on the score. Redskin Rod. That's his nickname. Now, I don't think we're calling him Commander Rod yet, but it's Redskin Rod. Commander Carl. And he texted me today, Zales. and we talked. We're talking about it. And he goes, "How do you feel about Jimmy G?" This was before yesterday's game. Okay. I waited till after the game to text him back, and I said, "I'm glad I waited till after the game. I thought it was a good move to keep Garoppolo." Yes, I thought but so now good. I'm not so sure. He no. threw some nice passes to Ayuk, to Debo Samuel, but also when he gets pressured, which is often because their line's offensive line is not that great, and they got a guy go down yesterday. He panics. He throws off his back foot. He does things that Mitch did. Throws off his back foot quite a bit. Does. And then you had Tennessee over the over the Raiders. The Raiders are they not stink. an zero three team. The Raiders they are stink. Ah, they're not an zero three team, but they, they are. Stink. Actually, they are an zero three team. They are an zero three team. Tennessee beats them twenty four twenty two. I was expecting the Raiders to go there and actually beat a Tennessee team. I and it, the second the second they signed Devontae Adams, I knew that that team was going to stink. Why? Because David Carr or Derek. You still Carr, have, you still have run David throw. or Derek? It's Derek. Derek. No. Yeah, exactly. See? D Carr has too many options. But you and still, he's not that good of a quarterback. You still have Renfro. You have Waller. He has too many options. He's a better quarterback when he's simple stand. Well, trade a Derek. Let Darren Waller come to the Bears in the offseason. Fine. I'll take it. Yeah. That's okay. So, yeah, I have not won. And I've mentioned this. I want to bet. I was down to $12. In my my gambling account, they don't pay me, so I'm not going to say which one. But I bet four different guys to get two hits in a baseball game, and they all did. And for three dollars, I won four hundred four dollars. Good win. It was a great win. It's a good win. I've not won a bet since because I'm betting because <laughs> I'm betting parlays on football. Some money, some you know, some money lines, some odds, and all right. stuff like that. But it's not an easy sport to play. It's absolutely not. And uh, maybe I'll save my money for baseball playoffs right now. I, I, honestly, I'm saving my money for soccer at this point. <laughs> and I, I'm recently there is kidding. a soccer game tomorrow. I think the USA plays Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I'm a, watching it in a practice game leading up to the World Cup. And when the World Cup starts, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to do more shows. But when the World Cup starts, we'll be we at should. Nick and Ivy down the street. We should. We'll be at Nick and Ivy watching games. Whatever time they start, we'll be there. Yeah. Okay. The World Cup begins Thanksgiving week. I ain't got no job. I'll be there. The World Cup begins Thanksgiving (laughs) week, pretty much. The the Monday of Thanksgiving week. We're going to have a great time watching soccer. And if you don't watch much soccer, watch the World Cup games and see the excitement and the enthusiasm of everything else. And if nothing else, just come on over and drink this. If you don't watch much soccer, let this man explain it to you. Yeah, because I seriously, I didn't know much on soccer at all. Yeah. I couldn't get over the time thing. The whole 90 minutes, and then somehow the game's 99 minutes. I was yeah, like, what? I I the game ends at 90 minutes. He's taught me a lot, and so is that stupid show on FX 
Welcome, welcome to Rexham. Welcome to Rexham. It's a great it's, show. It's taught me a lot about soccer. Yeah. In the last three days, I've been playing FIFA like it's going out of style. I know. And the new I FIFA love it. comes it's out. Fucking like, awesome. The new FIFA comes out in like a week. We got to play a game of FIFA, you and I, oh. and live stream it. That'd be awesome for yeah, our we, guests. We can do that. They'll bring we the PlayStation up here. We'll play a game of FIFA. It's on Twitch. We can do it on Twitch. Yeah, we can too. do it. Yeah, we yeah, can do it. Because we're on Twitch. You can find out. Anybody else have any comments? Let's see. Don't oh. bet on the Blackhawks. You're right, Mark. We're not. Yeah, Mark, we won't bet on the Blackhawks. <laughs> we will We will be having a hockey show on coming we up. We are. That's coming up soon. I can't yeah. wait. Andrew Fobert and Matt Bannon, our guy here, Matt, helps me out every Wednesday. Yep. Without Matt, I seriously, like, he's my guy in the corner. It's like, Matt, what's the stat on this? Uh-huh. Matt, what's the score of the game? He's like, I got you, Mike. Yeah. He's all about it. But Andrew Fobert, uh, North uh, North Sports Dynasty, he runs a big thing. He's a big-time Bucks guy. But more than being a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, he is a huge hockey head. He loves and he looks like a goddamn Viking. The first preseason game for the Blackhawks tomorrow night. Yes. So the Blackhawks, and it's gonna be interesting <clears> to see Kane and Taves and a bunch of guys you don't know as they got rid of everybody that they liked. And that guests, on the team. guests coming on soon on that show is gonna be Jim Cornelius, and I've already reached out to him. He's gonna sit down with those guys. Pat Boyle's gonna re- sit down oh, and hang out. Pat Boyle's a great and Brent Sopel gonna come and hang out with the guys and stuff like that and have a that's have a great. nice chat with everybody. So stay tuned for that show too. Yeah, we got a good lineup coming ahead. Now, uh, I was going to talk White Sox, but I'm only going to tell you one thing. <laughs> I have I went down to my laundry room, and I have 13 White Sox T-shirts. I mean, short sleeve T-shirts. I stuck them all in one place, put them away. <laughs> I've got five White Sox short or long sleeve T-shirts. I like wearing them when it gets this kind of weather. Yeah, yeah. Nope, not going to wear them. No, this White Sox team. They sucked all season long. Yep. They did not play well all season long. Mm-hmm. They had a chance to beat the Guardians last Tuesday. They lost in extra innings to the Guardians. That was the last game I watched. As far as I was concerned, the season was over. They dropped three straight to the Guardians, three straight to Detroit. They open a series tomorrow. I don't know who they're playing. Twins. I don't care. I don't Twins. care who they're playing. Twins. It doesn't matter. Twins, um, Twins San Diego. <laughs> you got to get rid of Grandal. Yes. Yasmani Grandal blows. I've told you that for the last three years. Yasmani Grandal can frame pitches. That's all that matters. When he catches the ball. When he catches the ball. Yeah. He's not good. You got to move Jose Abreu. If you keep him, you got to make him a DH. Only because you need to put Vaughn and Sheets in the lineup at the same time. Now, I don't know what that means about a different right fielder. And what you're going to do with Pollock and what you're going to do with Eloy. Because a lot of people say Eloy should be the DH. I don't know what you're going to do. But you also, another guy you can get rid of? I'm sorry. I know he had arm problems out of high school. I know he's worked his, worked hard. He changed his delivery. Lucas Giolito's got to go. He throws too many pitches. He does not do a good enough job for the White Sox. You can keep Cease. I would sign Lynn, whatever, whatever, keep him. The guys you have in the bullpen, Ronaldo Lopez, I like. Aaron Bummer, I would trade to. Can't keep him healthy. And when he's healthy, oh, they go, oh, it, it, the ball just dropped in. Yeah, the ball just dropped in. And then I wasn't criticizing Jason Benetti the other day. David Haw from the score was saying, because <laughs> Benetti was trying to say how the White Sox didn't lose the Central. The Guardians took it. My ass, they took it. Yeah. The White Sox blew this kid series. Yes. They blew the division. They blew the season. They were the team that was supposed to win. Granted, they had injuries. Everybody has injuries. Right. Everybody has injuries. They should have been able to, able to, recall, to get over them. They didn't. 
And uh, that's aggravating. Again, I took all my shirts, put them away, not wearing them anymore. I had to go find other shirts to wear. Um, that's all I want to talk about with the White Sox. I will not talk about the White Sox again well, until the offseason. I'm surprised. Just coming back on the White Sox here before we take a quick break again from our sponsors. I'm surprised that you're so willingly to move away from Lucas Giolito. You can get something. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, but you could also probably get something right now. You, now you're saying to keep on Jose Abreu, make him a strict DH. And you're saying that Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn both have to play. In, they have, they both have to be in the lineup. Oh, if you want to trade one of them, you trade have Sheets. To, I think if you – But they biggest, won't because he's a lefty. Your biggest haul back is Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. and You can't you, trade Vaughn. Why? Because he's the only, he's a, the only consistent hitter on this team, and he needs to be playing every day. He's a guy that needs to be – I'm not I, so sure about Luis Robert. Now everybody loves Luis Robert. Think he's a future MVP cat, five so. player guy, all a five tool guy, all that stuff. Yeah. They still don't have a second baseman. Josh Harrison, you know what? I like him. I like him a lot. He, he busts his head, huh? What Elvis Andrews? Short I don't shot. know what they're going to do with him. I'd much rather have Elvis Andrews than Tim I would Anderson. move Tim Anderson. Yeah, I'd move Tim Anderson if I could. How many is he played? hundred games this year? I don't even know. I don't think so. Uh, between his his bonehead dumbass suspensions. Yeah. And him being injured. They have a young player that they drafted last year named Colson Montgomery. Yep. He's a 6'4 shortstop, and they've moved him up already. They have another guy, an outfielder named Oscar Colas, that they moved him up to AAA, and he's hitting. But you know what? You can only go with these young guys so often, you so long. You've got to have some established players. They got to spend a little bit of money, they got to fix that bullpen. Uh, Graveman's got to go. You saw that yesterday. That was awesome. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, as a Cub fan, <laughs> Kendall Graveman's got to go. Comes Joe in the Kelly, of three. Joe Kelly's got to go. Yeah. Um, you know, but well, it's it's nobody's fault. It's not Larusa's fault. It's not Cora's fault. Oh my god, it's not Hans' fault. It, it's 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 a it, well, it's everybody's fault. For all those people that said, for all those people that said, see Tony Larusa left, and look how good the White Sox right. are playing with Miguel Cairo. They lost six straight at home with Miguel Cairo right. as a manager. So don't give me that shit, okay? <laughs> they they were not winning or losing because Miguel Cairo was there. They were winning because they were hitting homers. Right. You know what they did in those six games? They did not hit homers, and they did not win. They did not pitch well enough. They did not win. I've always said managers only mean this much to a baseball team. Yep. Unless you're maybe Terry Francona. What I saw oh, Francona Tito's do, Tito's good. what I saw Francona do with this Guardians team, and the way he was celebrating them and everything else, that was awesome yesterday. And for all of them, as they were celebrating, saying, excuse my language, fuck the White Sox, or get rid of Tony. They were all having fun at the White Sox expense. If the White Sox aren't aggravated and pissed off about that, when the season starts next year, something's seriously wrong. Well, let's give credit to where credit's due. The Cleveland Guardians did kick ass this year. They did the youngest team in baseball, and they won when they needed to win. Listen, they traded Lindor. For two guys, Jimenez and that other kid that hit a shortstop. Yeah, that just hits the shit out of the ball. And they're playing great. And then they I mean, have a pitching it, staff that was able to stay a little bit healthy this year. And well, uh, they were to Carrasco and and all of a sudden Tristan McKenzie learned how to throw the same that pitch that Bieber throws. And the White Sox, the last two games against Tristan McKenzie, have struck out twenty-seven that times. Twenty-seven the times. times. The last three times is thirty-nine. It's unbelievable. Thirty-nine star. Thirty-nine strikeouts. Unbelievable. How yeah, bad Tristan McKenzie is. The White Sox. I love that kid. That's going to be a number number pick for me. Plus, the White Sox only won the division, or only won 
the series against the Detroit Tigers. There are five teams in the AL Central. They lost the season series to the Twins, the Guardians, and the Tigers. They beat the Royals. Well, no, they lost to the Royals. They're right. They lost to the Royals. The only ones they beat were the Tigers. You've got to win games in your division. The White Sox are in the well, easiest division in baseball, and they can't win it. And like you and I were talking about, man, I can I can pinpoint I can before before the whole sweep before the Indians. You and I were yeah. talking. Yeah. I can pinpoint series that they blew that were just like, okay, yeah. that you Rattle need to win those. The Baltimore Orioles twice. Right. The Texas Rangers out of the All-Star break. Yep. They went against the Angels yep. right after the All-Star the break. The Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks one was terrible. Yep. All right. That was terrible. These Seattle, teams, these teams come here Bay. and they out-hustle the White Sox. Yes. I'm listening to – I was actually watching. I wasn't listening. To Benetti and Stone. I was listening to Stone at this date. <laughs> because the center fielder goes and catches a ball. And he goes, look how – no, they're hustling. Right. Something the White Sox don't do as a team. Right. They don't do it. It doesn't matter matter who your manager is. It's the players. This is on the players of the White Sox, not the manager. Sorry to say it is on the general manager because he put these guys together, and they are not good enough team to win. And because of that, we're seeing after two years in the playoffs, now we're going to have to start another streak and get into the playoffs because White Sox will not be going there this year. And I think the perfect Sox. end note, the perfect end note, so let's, let's stop talking Sox, but the perfect end note, I'm still going to talk beer. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. But the, and on the, on the White Sox talk, before we cut the break, who was the man on the MLB Network that said that, the, what did he say? They just don't play baseball well. Oh, they, yeah, it was, um, oh, my God. Oh, it was Joel Sherman. And that is the perfect yeah. quote for the Sox season yeah. this year. He said the White Sox, this White Sox team does not play baseball and well. When you really, like, seriously, boil that down from yeah. beginning to end, from the beginning of March or April or whatever it was for yeah. the season, to now, the White Sox just did not play baseball well. They don't know how to play bad in the ball. It sucks. Plain and simple. It's so hard to watch. Anybody that loves the game hated the way the White Sox played this year. Okay. Shit show. We come back. Mike's going to sit over there and have a beer, and I'm going to talk about beer. We come back after this on Hubes Views and Brews. Hi, this is Kathy O'Connell at Coach's Corner, located at 8118 West 143rd Street in Orland Park. Our phone number is 708-364-1026. We are Orland Park's number one sports bar. Come in for our wonderful beer menu and seltzers with a fully stocked bar. Watch a game, drink a beer, and try something off our amazing menu. We have everything to choose from, nachos, potato skins, and our house-made bar chips to start off with. Then try our tacos, burgers, and one of our delicious sandwiches. And don't leave without trying our famous jumbo wings. They do not disappoint. Coach's Corner, it will sure to become your local bar. Again, we are located at 8118 West 143rd Street in Orland Park. Come see us today. Aussie football, are you ready, brother? Real football action on a glossy game surface, play shuffle style. Slide a shuffle puck at pass or run targets, and a free mobile app keeps track of every game detail. Easy to learn, but this game of skill is difficult to master. Take care of the ball, or turnovers will kill your drive. 
The game is guaranteed to get your competitive fire burning, and it's perfectly sized to take anywhere. The park, a barbecue, your next tailgate, or fun at home on game night. Fozzie football is simply the best, most realistic, and competitive game of football available anywhere. Add defense when your skill improves, and take the game to the next level. The perfect mix of fast action and real football drama where a last-second Hail Mary can break hearts or make champions. Megaplex Sports Complex is a 78,000-square-foot center filled with hardwood and turf. They have baseball rentals with batting cages, softball, soccer, lacrosse, gymnastics, cheerleading, cornhole, basketball, volleyball, and pickleball. It also features a bar and grill with the best pizza and beef sandwiches around. They cater to events such as birthdays, graduations, corporate parties, as well as memorabilia shows. Check them out at Megaplex Sports Complex, 15301 South Bell Road in Homer Glen, 708-966-4210. Welcome back, Hubes, Views, and Brews. Thanks to Fat Mike, as always, for jumping on in, talking some football and a little bit of White Sox. He is a Cub fan, and you know what? The Cubs, since the All-Star break, if I'm not mistaken, they have the third-best ERA in all of baseball. So a lot of young pitchers, something to look forward to for the Cubs. They've got money. Maybe they'll spend some of it in uh, the offseason leading up to next year. So when you go to Wrigley Field, you can actually cheer for the team instead of uh, building a big cup snake. Or Yeah, that's right, a cup snake. So anyway, Hubes, Hughes, and Brews, talk about some beer. I'm going to open another one here. I don't usually open a second. Well, sometimes I do it, just don't tell you. This is called a Pog from Miskatonic. Long Tongue Liar, it's called. I turn to the side. It says passion fruit, orange, guava, and lactobacillus. Okay, that's a little bit of lactose. Okay, and this isn't a beer that I would usually order if I saw it up on the screen. But when our guy Mick Dempsey was here from Miskatonic about a month and a half ago, he brought these in, and we enjoyed the heck out of them. So let me try this one. It's what they call a kettle sour. So a lot of people don't like sours. Just think of sour candy that you might get. And that's what this tastes a little bit like. It's really good. And I think it's probably, oh, 4.4 alcohol by volume. Not not that much. Really good. Really tasty. But it's an acquired taste. I like sours. I'll drink sours. There isn't much I don't drink. I really, let's be honest. So, okay. I mentioned earlier that in September and October, it's tough because I do hit a lot of Oktoberfests. So, First, on Thursday, I went to Noon Whistle Brewing in Naperville. They had what they call, they had their fest beer, which was their Oktoberfest. And then they took the Oktoberfest and they smoked it. A Cherrywood smoked fest beer called the Rouchtoberfest. And it was amazing. I like smoked beers. They make them quite a bit in Germany. Um, when I tasted the Rouchtoberfest from Noon Whistle on Thursday, it tasted exactly like I expected it to taste. It was good. They only have it on tap, but if you get a chance, get on over to Noon Whistle 
and try it. It's really, really tasty. Noon Whistle has a thing where, like, every Thursday they release another beer, usually in their tap room, either in Lombard or Naperville. So check it out. And as I left, I had never tried their highfalutin, is what it's called. It's a scotch ale. And I love the scotch ale I get from Skeleton Key Brewing over in uh, Woodridge. So I bought a four-pack of the highfalutin. Very, very tasty. Very good. Uh, Friday. I have a couple of friends. When I had cancer, um, a young lady named Janet was my chemo nurse uh, when I had my six rounds of chemo. And Janet is a big craft beer fan, along with her her husband, Rick. Rick Ledley worked over at uh, Fox 32 in the control room for years and years. I met them at Imperial Oak in Willow Springs. They had their Oktoberfest, Imperial Oak, Oktoberfest, get it? Oktoberfest. I had the Das Boot, which is their Oktoberfest. It was very good, but they had one called, and you're probably going to hear a laugh on the other side of the room. They had one called Das Nuts. Yeah, and it was called, it was their Oktoberfest, but with almonds and pecans, and it was so good, so tasty. Had a couple, had uh, two beers, got back in the car, went home on Friday after two beers in Imperial Oak, because I knew on Saturday I was going to Goldfinger Brewing. And Goldfinger Brewing over in Downers Grove, they do a great job. They make great lagers, and this Oktoberfest has been sitting around waiting to be tapped for a couple of months, six months, I want to say. Very, very good. They also have a Fest beer. So they have the Oktoberfest. The Fest beer is a little less alcohol by volume. They had great food from a place called Cultivate in Frankfurt. I had a foot-long Frankfurter with sauerkraut, grilled onions, and bacon. Awesome. So good. And I had a great time there. Talked to Greg. Uh, Greg Bach, a guy that I see at a lot of these places, and he gave me the secret. Actually, he gave me probably the secret of going to the breweries you like. I said, there's so many breweries, so little time, and he said, I stay in my own lane, and he rattled off the ones he likes to go to. I said, you know what? That's probably a good thing because I try to spread myself thin and go to each and every one of the ones that have big events, but I'll continue to do that. Uh, Sunday, I didn't go to a beer fest, but I took Linda over to a restaurant a Bohemian restaurant called Bohemian Crystal in Westmont. Bohemian Crystal has been around for a long time. If I knew I was going to talk about it today, I would have known how long they were open for, but I didn't. They are closing next Sunday. And I had pork tenderloin and dumplings and sauerkraut and uh, liver dumpling soup and a cheese kolachki. It was tremendous. Great food. Place was packed. We waited about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Well worth it. The food was great. Linda had roast pork, um, and it was awesome. So I was walking in, and I saw that there were people drinking the Pilsner Urkel. Now, Pilsner Urkel is one of the top Pilsners in the world, okay? Any country you go to, you'll be able to find Pilsner Urkel, especially if you look for it. You may have to look for it hard in some places, but it's the top one of the top Pilsners in the country, in the world, actually. Made in the Czech Republic. It's a Bohemian and a Czech beer. The world's first pale lager. So good. And I had one of those with my meal. That was great. So, yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I hit a place every day. And then today, just sat around the house watching uh, football highlights, getting ready for the show as we do each and every Monday. Don't forget, before I get to more beer stuff, next Sunday, we'll be at Salerno's over in Hodgkin's. 
Great place, great pizza. Mike and I will be doing a pregame show for the Bears and Giants. 10.30, come on by. We've got some giveaways, got some raffles. Going to give away a couple of Fozzie football games. Great, great things. Okay, coming up this week, October 1st, I mentioned Noon Whistle in Naperville. They have their Oktoberfest starting at noon on Saturday. The other Noon Whistle has the one in Lombard, the original, has their Oktoberfest coming up October 15th. And October 8th, Whiskey Hill in Westmont. The first craft brewery I went to in the area was Urban Legend in Westmont. Urban Legend changed names to Myths and Legends and now Whiskey Hill. And Whiskey Hill is having their Oktoberfest coming up on Saturday, October 8th. You might want to check out, check that out, get out there, have a great time. They have tremendous beer. Eric Flores does great jobs uh, brewing the beer over there. And I cannot wait to try his Oktoberfest. It's great to check and compare and try and sample all the other fest beers and Oktoberfest beers. I missed Alterfest. Alterfest had their festival this past Saturday. Skeleton Key Brewing had their fourth, fifth, or sixth anniversary. Remember, they were the brewery that had the uh, tornado come by and rip the roof off. So they haven't been able to celebrate for a couple of years because of COVID and everything else. So they had theirs. So if you're a big craft beer fan, follow on Facebook. If you're on Facebook or Meta and whatever you want to call it, follow Nick and Ivy, Skeleton Key Brewing, Alter Brewing, Black Horizon Brewing, who also had their Oktoberfest. I have to get over there this week and try their Oktoberfest beer. Could not make it over the weekend. There are so many great breweries. There's one called Chaos Brewery in Plainfield. I want to get out to it. It's over on Route 59, 127 South, 123 South, I want to say, um, on Route 59. Have not been there yet. Uh, the Chaos um, Brewcade, I think they call it, because they have arcade games everywhere. That would be fun to go on out to. We'll try that. So let's see what the Bears can do against the Giants. You're probably watching the Giants as we speak. Uh, I'm sure you, our listeners are very faithful. They're watching the game and listening to us on the computer. So I'm sure that's a, that's a very, very cool thing. See what the Bears do against the Giants next week. Come on out and see us at Hodgkins, 1030 with a pregame show. Uh, at the Salernos and Hodgkins. Michael have his show hopefully coming up Wednesday as long as they don't cut the power off in the building. Everything will be fine, and uh, we will see you, see what the Bears do. We'll also, don't forget, Harry and his picks. He's now on Sunday mornings. Um, the overs and unders, he does a great, great job. He's a great, better, much better handicapper than me and Mike because we want to give up betting on the NFL, and he's probably thriving on betting the NFL. So check him out on Sunday mornings. Until next week. Stay safe. We will see you then. Go Bears. Talk to you next week here on Hubes Views and Brews.